It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romain who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romain Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromain.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromain.com. Trevor Romain, no E at the end of Romain, Dot com today. What's up, Heard That Nation, listening in the United States and around the world. It's your girl, Marisa, enjoying her time here with you. I got my uh, little tea here on standby, some water, because we're going to dive into some interesting topics that are going on right now. Uh, this is why I appreciate this show so much, which is going on a year, by the way, uh, celebrating uh, one year anniversary of the Heard That podcast and uh, hopefully you all will hook up with me and celebrate with me. Heard that with Marisa.com because I'm doing some major giveaways in August to celebrate so that we can all party, whether we're there in the same space or across uh, different parts of the United States and around the world. I want you to celebrate with me. Um, we're going to dive into some interesting stuff. Like I said, uh, different great things, not so great things. Um, 
It's it's been a whirlwind ride of different things that's happening in the sports world. And uh, I, I appreciate everybody uh, rocking with me. And I definitely want to hear your comments for sure at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. Um, we're going to talk about a little MLB. We're going to talk about the uh, All-Star break that's coming up the other night. Um, um, Monday night was the uh, Home Run Derby, which was one of the best that I've seen in uh, many years that I've watched the uh, Home Run der- Derby. We're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics and uh, some other things. But this right here, we're going to dive right into because the reason why I made this show is, is fan-based, uh, okay? So I, you know, started this as, and if you heard in my show, well, I believe I did in my intro show when I first started this journey almost a year ago, that I did this to get the voice of the people, to get the voice of the fans and hear what they say. Famous folk that I've had on here, uh, folks like myself that, you know, not so <laughs> famous and up there yet in, in uh, well-known, but the common thing that everybody has is they're a fan of somebody, whether it be a sports team, a sports figure, uh, entertainment, movies, actor, actress, that sort of thing. That's why I based this show off of. Uh, it, it was interesting to note that when you have people that are doing this and that are well-known and they're behind the microphone or behind the podium and they're talking to you uh, because you know they're getting paid uh, a whole lot of money to talk about a particular team, a particular, a particular person, uh, act in a movie, dance, sing, music, whatever. They have that huge platform. You see on social media that they got that verified check. We'd be on Instagram, be on Twitter, uh, be on TikTok, wherever it is. They have that. Got, they got that blue check mark because they're well known everywhere. They're well known in where they're from, what country they're from. And they have that platform to influence. They have that platform to influence uh, people like myself and many others to uh, check out a a movie or check out a particular team, uh, check out uh, different new music that's coming out by a a specific group or a person or singer. And when you have that opportunity to do something phenomenal with the platform that you have, You have to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that when you have that platform that people are watching, they're not watching, they're listening. And they're listening to the words and the content that come out of your mouth. Whether it be off scripted or you got notes. I mean, some of the time here, you know, I go through and I I write the notes. I look up the the particular item that I want or people or things in in, in subject matter that I want to talk about and do a little research of it. And again, you know, I'm not a journalist. I'm just intrigued by different events, different people, different spectrums, different backgrounds when it comes to uh, what I want to discuss on, on the show. And so when that person has that platform, they can do one or two things. They can talk about and convince a listening and watching audience why this person, team, uh, entertainer, etc., should be noted or should be celebrated or should, you know, people should, you know, take advantage of listening to what they got to say or watching or acting and so forth. We've had many a times where we've had famous people as of late um, get caught for saying the wrong thing, whether it be just right there on television whether it be behind closed doors, 
uh, something that they did that they shouldn't have done, an action that they did that uh, got them in consequences. I mean, Shakira Richardson is one that I could think of in a state of where it is legal to smoke marijuana, but as an athlete, she could not. She was dealing with a lot of things, the death of her biological mother and other pressures as well. And now, you know, her signature event, the 100, the 100, uh, the 100 meters she cannot run in in Tokyo that's coming up in the next several weeks. And she's on a 30-day suspension. Now, mind you, her suspension ends the week where the four by one the women's United States uh, track team can utilize her God-given skills. But however, uh, the powers of be told her she is not running and cannot come to Tokyo at all. Uh, again, I stand by the fact that she should be running, but that's, you know, here and here nor there. And many people that I've seen on the platform, well-known people have said the exact same thing. Uh, and then you have Conor McGregor, which we'll talk about momentarily with the fights that happened this past weekend against Dustin Poirier, um, losing two out of three. But Conor going back to the image that everybody is well known for. He's brash, bold, vocal, you know, a showman. Um, kind of can take it too far, but, you know, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, Rachel Nichols, the recent uh, thing about her and, and the events it took and the hot mic that was there when she was basically saying to, about uh, a very talented, very talented Maria Taylor, uh, basically telling her, you know, that the jobs that she was given, uh, some of them were earned and some of them, you know, that were handed to her, but ESPN um, and the powers that be there with this conversation that happened a year ago, folks, a year ago um, that this conversation was sat upon. I'm not sure how it was released to the public and how all of us have heard what she said with Adam Mendelson, who, in my opinion, got what he said about Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement and quote unquote, he's exhausted from it. Um, should be just completely... Um, I hate using the word canceled, but he just needs to be since, you know, um, he doesn't understand the or nor know what's going on with that. But apparently he's too exhausted when it comes to these issues right there. Right. So, you know, you got that conversation that happened. She went apologizing a brief statement on the jump with I believe Kendrick Perkins was there and Richard Jefferson was there uh, in a studio with her. People criticized that she gave a, you know, a 30 second apology um, that fell on deaf ears. And then she was pulled from the NBA finals uh, as a sideline reporter and replaced uh, with Michaela Andrews, a phenomenal black journalist uh, in her own right and, and well-deserved for her. And then you have uh, John McEnroe who had said, and it's not his first time, and many people were surprised about you know him saying some, uh, some words. And he was criticized for having a harsh harsh words uh, against an 18 year old, uh, I wanna make sure I say her, her name right, Emma Raducanu. Um, she had to withdraw from, the, the, from Wimbledon due to difficulty breathing and so forth. And basically in a nutshell, um, you know, Johnny Mack was like, how much can these players handle? It makes you look like, it makes you look at the guys that have been around and the girls for so long, how well they can handle it. We, can, we have to appreciate the players that are able to do it, and hopefully she'll learn from this experience, not even realizing the fact the girl could not breathe and was having difficulty and everything else. But it's not his first time saying stuff like this. And, you know, again, that was swept under the rug, and, you know, he received harsh criticism, never apologized for it. 
basically in his mind, it is what it is. Now, mind you, this is the same John McEnroe, if you've been following his career for a very long time, that would have epic meltdowns and scream and yell at the chair umpire uh, throughout his career and, and so forth. But, you know, shoes on the other foot. Now he has a headset and a microphone, and I guess he can make these kind of uh, statements with no repercussions. Which brings us to this point here. And I had such an amazing conversation. Shout out to the fans that I spoke to on Twitter. Um, Honolulu, or MLB to Honolulu. His name is David Mays. Y'all need to follow him at David J-M-A-Y-S underscore. Um, we had a conversation about what I'm getting ready to talk about uh, right now, which is Stephen A. Smith in some hot water for the comments that he said about 48 hours ago um, in regards to a phenomenal player that plays for the Los Angeles Angels, Shohei Otani. Now, I have not seen a whole lot of games with Shohei Otani because I'm in Texas. So anytime that the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers, oh my goodness, I got two sports in my head. Sorry, y'all. And this, this coffee hasn't kicked in yet. So <laughs> I'm trying it. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I get my team separated. Los Angeles Angels, may I say. Uh, phenomenal player. Pitches, also bats. Two play, uh, two-way player that is going to showcase his talents. He's a starting pitcher uh, for the uh, All-Star game coming up on Tuesday. And he was in an incredible, incredible home run derby that was on Monday night. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but Stephen A. Smith had found himself in some uh, hot water when it came to the, the representation part when it was talked about, well, Shohei... Otani, which I think after the fact of uh, what was said about him, I think that everybody is pretty much going to. Is, it, I, I think that his his jerseys now may sell off the off the off the off the rack now, uh, and he admitted that he was wrong. But basically, uh, I don't I don't know if he was trying to make a a point about who the face of, of baseball should be. Uh, because again, this is a Japanese player. Um, and I don't know if at, at the time when Stephen A made these comments about uh, Otani, realizing that baseball has been around a very long time. It has been international for a very long time. It has been uh, diverse for a very long time. But he has said on, 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 on first take, and then I'm going to play a clip, uh, a couple of clips of, of what he was saying. He said, you know, um, what, in, in quote, but when you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark to actually watch you, I don't think it helps that the number one face in a dude, number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what the hell he's saying in this country and the backlash came immediately um from the asian community for those that are you know allies and defendants of the asian community myself included um in i had a great conversation with jim boyle at the sports gym uh please follow him who is half japanese his mother is japanese Okay, and you know, going through all of this stuff with you know the stop Asian hate and, and all of that is happening and still happening, unfortunately, it's absolutely was wrong for him to say that. And then he tried to clarify his words, ladies and gentlemen. And I think 
personally, and you, you can you know make your own assessment after you hear it, I just think he dug himself a deeper hole when he said this. My segment on Atani this morning on first take, people are misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the state of the game. Baseball itself. Baseball's a great game, a great sport. And some of the greatest players in the world are foreign players. Tatis comes to my mind. I love this brother, what he brings to the table. And Otani is the second coming of Babe Ruth, okay? That's not what I was trying to say. I'm talking about the marketability and the promotion of the sport is exactly what Sports Illustrated essentially alluded to in their article last month when they talked about 28% of the players in Major League Baseball are foreign players. A lot of them need translators. You know, Spanish, it could be Mandarin, Japanese, the list goes on and on and on. If you are a sport trying to ingratiate yourself with the American public the way Major League Baseball is because of the problems that you've been having to deal with in terms of improving the attractiveness of the sport. It helps that if you if you spoke the English language, it doesn't mean anything more than that. Baseball is a great game, but baseball's audience is significantly older than the NBA, the NFL audience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's what I was talking about. Nothing more. We're only talking about Otani because he's phenomenal. He's going to be in the home run derby, and he's got 33 home runs with a 279 batting average. Plus, he can pitch, and he's the second coming to Babe Ruth, practically. We know it's an international sport. We know that that's great. And baseball having a global appeal that it is, fine. But in the United States, all I was saying is that when you're a superstar, if you can speak the English language, then guess what? That's going to make it that much easier and less challenging to promote the sport. That's all I was saying about anybody. Later. Which got him, in my opinion, and dug him a bigger hole. Baseball is a sport that speaks to all cultures, all races, all genders. In my opinion, it does. In a ballpark, when I look at it, and when I go to when I go to a ballpark, and I'm getting ready to watch a game, I want to see the sea of people that are in that ballpark to be as diverse as the is what I see when I walk outside into my neighborhood, or I'm driving in my car and driving through neighborhoods and everything else. I want to see it as diverse as it can be, and for him to try to clarify his comments. That way, it didn't work because of the fact we're getting more international players in baseball and in, in other sports as well that are coming over here. They're going to need interpreters. Who is he to say all of this? And who? why does it have to be someone that has to completely speak English? It could be someone from here. We see all the time in, uh, players that... Uh, that were trying to make it to the MLB here to have an opportunity to go elsewhere across the country and, and play for different, different countries, France or Germany or uh, Latvia or Lithuania or Sweden. Who, who knows? But you don't hear, as far as I know, I mean, you, you all can tell me, I don't hear any of them being irrational when it comes to, oh, well, this player that comes from the United States needs to learn how to speak Swedish. You know what I mean? Or this player that comes from the United States is now playing on the, you know, the Chinese league and they need to, you know, to speak our language. I don't hear all that. 
So then that received more backlash into which Stephen A did um, on his platform, on social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter and other ones that he as well. Now with, with everything sinking in and now even his colleagues, it was colleagues of the Asian community, uh, people that he was well diverse with, uh, people that he did work with or he's well, uh, that he knows well in the journalism broadcasting spectrum did say to him, you know what, you, you really need to apologize because it just did not come out right. So he, he did go on his Twitter handle. He said, let me apologize right now. I'm quoting this. As I'm watching things unfold, let me say that I never intended to offend any community, particularly the Asian community, and especially Shohei Otani himself. As an African-American, keenly aware of the damage stereotyping has done to many in this country, it shouldn't evade, elated my sensitivities even more. Based on my words, I failed in that regard, and it's on me, and me alone. Otani is one of the brightest stars in all sports. He is making a difference, and it pertains to inclusiveness and leadership. I should have embraced that in my comments. Instead, I screwed up. In this day and age, with all the violence being perpetrated against the Asian community and comments, albeit intentional, we are clearly, we're clearly insensitive and regrettable. That's simply no way, other way to put it. I'm sincerely sorry for any angst I've caused with my comments on first take this morning. Again, I'm sorry and will happily reiterate these words. And he tends to say that he will reiterate the words on, um, on first take, which it came out today, um, uh, this morning on a Tuesday. Um, and he was, you know, sincerely sorry. And he did uh, bring that up again on, on first take. Let me be the first to stand up and say that I want to express my sincere apologies to the Asian community and the Asian American community. Um, I am a black man. I religiously go off about minorities being marginalized in this nation. I, let me be the first he he went on. Sorry, I, that my my clip just just went out. He did go on and say that he he was there to you know the guests that were coming on the show. Uh, Jeff Passan, who works for you know announcing at MLB, he did a phenomenal job with the the home run derby the other night. Um, and Jeff Jeff Passan, you you have to pull it up and you have to listen to what he did say. People are like, oh ah, Jeff Passan destroyed Stephen A. Smith, and then, no, actually he it was a it was a it was a lesson. It was a masterpiece of a lesson when it talked about the journey that Shohei Otani took to get to this point to the MLB, um, to for any international player that once they step on inner MLB soil on that grass in and in, in the uniform that they represent on that team, there is so many journeys that these players take to get an opportunity. The sacrifices that their families have made for that person to get an opportunity here on American soil or, you know, in, in Canada because there's, you know, teams in Canada as well. My thing is this, with Stephen A. Smith and those that are in the broadcasting world that have, you know, said something out of context, and you've heard it so many times on the show where I have talked about different broadcasters, whether it be well-known, well-diverse, went to school for this and so forth, the Rachel Nichols of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, uh, Jalen Rose the other day uh, about 
um, Kevin Love and his selection to the Olympic team. Um, you can read more about that. Uh, Stephen A. Smith also upset those that were fans of the Nigerian basketball team that did beat the United States men's basketball team. And he had said, you know, why in the world are we allowing, you know, people to to beat uh, a, a great USA team? You know, their names is this, 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 which I'm still scratching my head. Well, what does their names have to do with the amount of talent that they did against the United States men's basketball team? They beat them. Okay. So people that have a microphone, people that have the opportunity of a lifetime, whether they've been studying for it, they went to school for it, they decided, you know what, hey, I'm going to take my time and pursue my passion and do podcasting. I mean, hello, I'm here. Or, you know, start some kind of network or whatever it takes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to be careful what we say. We have to make sure that we, as an audience, as a viewer, as a person that's reporting, that's talking, that's journal, you know, being a journalist and so forth, we want to make sure that insensitivity doesn't happen, that we are, are not being divisive, that we are not, you know, in, inclusive. His words of what he said about a phenomenal player, 6'4", 210, uh, you know, who, who do you know? I mean, I don't. So again, school me, that pitches and then also can hit. In practice yesterday, and, and I'm going, I'll go right into it, in the, in the MLB home, home run derby, Shohei Otani hit a 498 in warm-up. I was shook. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Let me get my dinner done early. Let me get the husband taken care of and pay, make, make his dinner early. Let me get all my little laundry done and everything else because this home run derby is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. In warm-up, 498. And so in this day and age in 2021, people, in the diversity of, of the sports, we're seeing more and more of people of color in, in football and in baseball and in basketball and, you know, and seeing it in soccer, which I will get to uh, with the, the soccer, the UEFA um, championship tournament between Italy and England. And I'll say a little bit about that towards the end of the show. We, we have to choose our words wisely. Stephen A. Smith apologized. I accept his apology. I hope he learns from it. I hope he grows from what he said. If you not, have not seen the episode of First Take today, I highly recommend you do. Uh, the guest that he had on the show, what Jeff Passan said today uh, was an absolute brilliance of a masterpiece. People think that you know he destroyed him. He didn't. Uh, I think that basically, in my opinion, um, hopefully that resonated with other people that thought that they had the liberties to say what they want to say about an international player or international players. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of them that are in the MLB. They're not going away, and it's going to continue to grow uh, with the amount of talent that we do not, that, that are coming to the United States that are not United States-born players. So uh, sports like this needs to welcome everybody. And if they need an interpreter, well, doggone it, they have an interpreter. The UFC, there's fighters that have interpreters, Stephen A., and they're amazing. We have interpreters in basketball. We have interpreters in football. We have interpreters in soccer. 
do these players, do these athletes want to learn the, the American language? Possibly so. So they can, you know, feel like that they belong here in the United States because they're playing for a United States team or Team Canada depending on, you know, what, what, what sport that they're in. So let's be open and let's be welcoming and let's make sure that our words, that we choose them wisely. And, you know, like I said, hopefully Stephen A., hopefully the Rachel Nichols of the world, hopefully um, the John McEnroe's of the world and everybody else that has that platform that has had an opportunity to, you know, unfortunately uh, open mouth, insert foot, that they listen, that they learn, that they grow from their... Uh, word ignorance, if you will, and be better. And I, I hope that from this, um, from what was uh, partaken on um, this morning on the first take show uh, with Stephen A. Smith and everything else, I hope he uh, gets better. Now people are asking for him to be canceled and to be, uh, you know, go take a vacation and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. I mean, ESPN, unfortunately, for a hot minute now, has angered a lot of people for, you know, the disruptiveness of certain things, of what some of their reporters, their sideline reporters, uh, those that have a show, a, a platform, a performance, have said um, and feel that, you know, ESPN has just sat on stuff. I mean, going back to the Rachel Nichols thing, that was a year ago, the last summer, and then, you know, the footage, or not footage, the, uh, vocal, the um, recording, excuse me, has now come out of what she said about Maria Taylor. So I don't know. I have not heard if Maria Taylor has accepted her apology or not. Basically, Maria Taylor has moved on after, you know, Rachel was pulled from the NBA finals. Michaela Andrews is in there, Maria and Michaela. Um, and then you, can, you can see it for yourself. It was an absolute welcome by Maria to Michaela. Um, and, you know, the NBA uh, finals, you know, moved on as normal. But Stuff like this here is just getting exhausting. It's getting tiring. I mean, if you look back into the history of baseball, Jackie Robinson broke the barrier in 1947. And if you want to look at the, the, the history of the international player, Esteban Balan was second baseman. He was the first international player to make his MLB debut in 1871. So, yes. International players have been around a very, very long time. First, first person of color in 1947 has been around since then. So these men that been through, and who knows what this man, uh, Esteban Balan, went through as an international player. I believe that he came from Colombia. We know, you know very well about what Jackie Robinson endured. And these men endured, I'm sure, a lot uh, of, of hate, of words, of spite, of anger, of people not wanting to be in the same locker room as them or be on the same bench as them. I mean, you saw, you can see it on Jackie Robinson's story. I recommend it uh, very much. Um, Chadwick Boseman played him in, in a phenomenal movie. Uh, it definitely recommend it. Um, we have to know that Diversity in these sports is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So hopefully from that, he becomes better. Now, I, t I said a little bit about Conor McGregor. Um, the question that I posed to, and it's so interesting, I talked to fans about this, uh, and you know, after the fight, and the unfortunate thing that happened uh, um, to Conor when he, and, and I mean, the, the, it, was, it was raw, intense, um, angst and, and camaraderie 
Uh, the second time that Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor met each other, Conor was more of cordial, uh, you know, said that he was going to donate to Dustin Poirier's foundation. Uh, Dustin Poirier, I believe he has a line or chain, a line of hot sauce that he came out with, you know, gifted it to Conor. You know, they fought and everything else. It was a pretty good fight. And again, Dustin Poirier won that one uh, with ground and pound and uh, several strikes and everything. Um, it was it, like a mild-mannered Conor. He received all kinds of flack, especially from Nurgurma, I'm going to just say his first name, Khabib, <laughs> Nurgamedov, um, saying that he was soft, he didn't train, that he was, you know, accusing them of being, uh, you know, doing more vacationing than doing more training and everything else, and it came from all sides, and the old Connor showed back up for this trilogy, um, you know, trying to kick him while they were uh, in the face-off, and then, you know, the weigh-ins, and then Connor running his mouth and everything else, and then the fans were all hyped up about it, like, yeah, he's back. You know, but then you got that Connor that was talking about Dustin Poirier's wife and how he she slid into his DMs and everything else. Just some really horrendous, awful things. And it went over the top pretty much. Uh, Dustin had said that Connor said he was threatening him, going to murder his family and everything else. And that that was just way, way too excessive. So that got to Dustin big time. And you saw that if you saw that in the match in uh, UFC 264 this past weekend, which had some great matches in there. Um Nothing was left in the octagon at all. I mean, Connor came out with the leg sweeps and the kicks, and so did Dustin. Um, and Dustin has said in his graphic, you got to pull it up and see it, but Connor did unfortunately break his tibia, um, and he'll be out for the next uh, five to six months. Um, both of them just, you know, it, 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 was, it was intense. It was, it was everything that a fight should be with an unfortunate, you know, ending with uh, Connor uh, snapping his tibia. Now, Connor was upset to the fact that the fight was called. It was not a doctor's decision. It was considered a KO. Uh, Dustin had a lot to say afterwards, which I will not play in case, you know, kids are listening. <laughs> uh, but it, he, was, he was very upset, kind of, you know, mocked Connor's, you know, entry walk and everything else. And uh, he, was, he was upset, but at the end he said, you know, he wishes no ill will on Connor's family and everything else and hopes that they get home safe and everything else. Connor was, you know, being Connor. He was upset. He was, he was angry. He, yeah, you know, said this was far from over and everything else. And, you know, pretty much when they put him on the stretcher, was celebrating all the way out to where he had his surgery the next morning. And, you know, once he's healed up, I'm sure that, you know, we'll hear from him again. Connor will be 33 uh, in a few days. Okay, at the time of the fight, they were both 32, both 5'9", uh, both uh, fairly great shape. Now, the question remains, has Connor lost his edge? Is he done? Is he washed? Uh, we're not going to see the same Connor as we did when we saw him uh, 10 plus years ago. Let's just, let's just establish that right now. Um, he can easily knock out his opponents, had that, uh, you know, that one punch. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone, with the exception to the rule, he did, you know, um, get him with a, the striking of the elbows and everything. And people didn't think that that was even a fair, fair fight because it wasn't the counter that we saw with the strikes and the kicks and everything and the takedowns. Okay. So people, people have worked very critical about that, but he did get to the win against uh, Cowboy Cerrone. So, you know, you got your two fights that you've lost now to Dustin Poirier and yes, Poirier should get a championship uh, matchup that should be coming up soon. He should get that immediately. 
Uh, Dana hopefully will work that in the works and, you know, we'll get, you know, give the people what they want, give Dustin Poirier what he wants. He deserved it. He, you know, it, it's, it's fair to say it from my assessment. Um, I don't know from this, it, 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 to be a break and I'm not an expert on it. Um, uh, if I've, I've, I've talked to other people that have had, you know, similar injuries on different sports, not of UFC, uh, level, but a, a tibia break, depending on where it's broken at, uh, it depends on, um, what your, your sport is. And the people that I did speak to have said that it is a difficult injury to come back from as far as, you know, your stance, uh, you know, what you're using your leg for, whether it be, you know, kicking a soccer ball stance on, you know, for batting, uh, softball, that sort of thing there. So he is adamant. Uh, Connor said that this is not over. He wants a Poirier McGregor four. Uh, will that ever happen? Who knows? But you know what? The UFC world does not stop because of this injury. It continues and it will continue to evolve and keep going. Um, I, I don't want to say, but I, I, I just think that the, he, he is, is past, is past his prime, is past his due. I don't think he will never win another championship. Then again, I'm the same person as well as so many other people didn't think that Tiger Woods would win uh, another uh, major championship. And he did, uh, two years ago with the masters proving us all wrong in his late forties. So who knows? I mean, you can give your assessment to me, heard that with marisa.com after you hear, hear this, um, episode and let me know. I want to hear all kinds of feedback and just let me know. I'll put the questions up on Twitter and everything else. I just think Connor is done. I know Stephen A. Smith and other people that were talking about it right after the fight was done had said that, uh, Michael Bisping, who I, I really respect, uh, Daniel Cormier, um, there was calling the fights along with, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, Ed said, you know, we, we, this is the last of we've seen of the Conor McGregor of old. Um, he is a great businessman, smart businessman can make that money proper 12 whiskey. I mean, many of those that have drank it and love it, you know, on and on and on. Uh, I don't think he'll never, he will never be broke a day in his life. He's always evolving his brand. But as far as that, um, I just, I, I don't think that he's, 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 he's pretty much done in my opinion. So we'll see the injury, you know, it, it's going to take him out for uh, a few months. Uh, they are looking at the timetable of five to six months, who knows? And then, you know, the training process process begins. And so I wish him well, I, I hope he does get better and everything else. Just the comments and all this other stuff, just go in there and fight. Just go in there and fight. If you have another opportunity to do so, go in there and fight. Take names, kick tail. Um, you know, back it up. Back if you're gonna talk trash, back it up once you win. You know what I mean? And if we do get a Poirier uh, McGregor four, I'm all in. I'm all for it. I'm ready to get the pay-per-view started and make it happen. So let me throw some mentionables out there. Uh, the other night it was the home run derby. Pete Alonzo reminded us that Pete Alonzo won it in 2019. We didn't have it in 2020, obvious reasons. Uh, he wins back to back. It was a great, great night of hitting. Um, just absolutely epic. Uh, Pete Alonzo was in the zone. I mean, I think he got 35 in the first round, 35 uh, homers in the first round. And it was just absolutely amazing. Like he just came out there and crushed it. Um, and, and he won the home run derby last night. And it was cool to see uh, Ken Griffey Jr. give him the, and now there's a chain, 
Now there's a spinning chain. I mean, you got all these uh, teams, especially in college where you see them with the, uh, uh, I think Florida has it where they have like a uh, sack chain for the defensive team. If they, you know, uh, record a sack or something like that or a huge play, you got all these chains. He had a home run derby chain. It was pretty sweet. I don't know if it's got like real diamonds or whatnot, but it was shining underneath those, uh, um, those lights. I mean, it was hitting it really nice. So he, he won back to back last night over uh, uh, Trey Mancini, uh, which is a great story in itself coming back from uh, cancer. And now they're in the MLB. They're playing for the Orioles. Great stories all around the whole entire thing. Uh, Juan Soto upsetting uh, Shohei Otani in the first round. And it went to a swing off, which I was upset. I was yelling at my TV. My husband was telling me to chill out and calm down. But I just think for some reason that Shohei Otani may have been robbed of a home run that should have happened and he should have won that round. But, you know, regardless of the fact, they went to a swing off um, an extra minute and then they both tied on that one and then went to a three pitch swing off uh, where Soto just answered all three um, and, and ended up uh, winning. So it, it was really good. I had Matt Olson from the athletics that was I thought was going to win it. Uh, but it was so, so, so close. He lost to Trey Mancini in the first round. Uh, again, me yelling at my TV. I didn't throw the remote this time. <laughs> I thought that he was robbed of one, and I thought that was going to end up in a tie. So, But congratulations to Pete Alonzo from the Mets, back-to-back champ. Uh, it, was, it was absolutely an awesome night, and the, the All-Star game is Tuesday night on Fox. So that should be cool. And Shohei Otani is starting pitcher. Uh, for there, um, and he'll be designated once he gets pulled. He'll be also designated for uh, DH. Um, so we may see him hit as well. So it'll be cool. Um, the Olympics is still going to be underway this time without spectators. Um, I know a lot of people have are really bummed about that, fans especially, uh, because that you know brings excitement, and then I feel sorry for families that can't even watch uh, their particular. The, their, whoever their, you know, their son or their daughter or their family member in that sport that they're in, uh, they'll have to watch it from afar. So because of the uh, state of emergency in Tokyo and the cases and COVID, ladies and gentlemen, is not over, okay, even though that many places have no mask at this particular time, but we need to make sure we stay safe. So no spectators. We have uh, Olympic uh, participants that have been dropping out uh, whether it be because of injury or because of no spectators. Uh, now, Nick Kyrgios, uh, tennis player from Australia, has dropped out because of the fact I know he was injured during Wimbledon and had the um, withdrawal uh, from his match, and he was with Venus Williams in mixed doubles. So, But he has, you know, basically posted on his social media that, you know, he can't, without the fans, without the spectators, he's just simply not playing. So... Um, we'll see how this goes. And, you know, hopefully that every person that goes there, every athlete, different countries, they will, you know, be good. They're safe and return home safe and that we have zero, hopefully zero, zero cases of COVID um, happening during the two weeks of the Olympics. I'm excited about it. It should be a great one. It's going to be something to see. Uh, shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning winning a their second consecutive uh, Stanley Cup, they beat the Montreal Canadiens four games to one. Uh, they're just too good, man. <laughs> I don't know what their secret sauce is, but they are so, so good. 
Um, could they possibly three-peat? Who knows? Um, but this team was absolutely um, a fun watch. I know not so much here for any Dallas Stars fan because they defeated the Dallas Stars last year. So, um, But I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan, and hopefully we'll get our whole entire team together. Still waiting on the glory days to revive itself soon when it comes to winning. So hopefully that happens for my boys soon. Um, the NBA Finals. I'm still picking the Suns in five. I've had people laugh at me saying, you know, Giannis is back. I mean, the other night, uh, game three, he recorded 41 points. Absolutely looked phenomenal, unstoppable. Jay Crowder was trying to keep him in it. CP3 was trying to keep him in it. I know that uh, Coach Williams pulled Devin Booker. It was uncharacteristic. Devin Booker looked off all night in, in game three. Ten points scored, not even a factor at all, and uh, pretty much sat the bench in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'm hoping the Suns will bounce back Wednesday. I think that they're going to still take it in five. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Uh, so uh, people are telling me fear the deer, and I'm basically repeat, replying back to them, we are the Valley. Again, people that have following my show, you know that I'm a Detroit Pistons fan. And yes, I'm going to be all over it when it comes to the draft coming up soon of who we're going to pick, which looks like Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. But uh, we shall see. But, yeah, I'll be wearing all my Detroit uh, Piston swag that night and uh, definitely will be doing a show on that. And let me end the show with this. As I started this show, you know, the power platform and, you know, diversity and, you know, and me being a sports fan and me being a person that started this show and started this journey. And I love diversity. I, I absolutely love it. Love going to, you know, stadiums and ballparks and, and, and basketball courts, uh, tennis matches, seeing it on TV, um, track and field, when it, comes, when it comes to movies, when it comes to concerts. I look out and I always, when I always walk in, I always see who is there, it, but I, I want to look at diversity all throughout the crowd, you know, whether it be... Uh, an amazing concert or, you know, some kind of entertainment of, of a sort where it's like a, you know, a, a talking masterclass. I take a look at, like, I like looking around to see who's there in, in the smiling faces, networking with people, but most importantly to me, diversity matters. Italy and England played a phenomenal UEFA championship uh, where it ended up being Italy winning it uh, with, uh, penalty kicks and England's three players, uh, Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho, and Bakayo Saka were three of the five players chosen to do penalty kicks. The three gentlemen that I mentioned are black and they missed their penalty kicks. And as soon as the game ended, I thought, Two things. Heartbreak for England, who's been waiting 55 years to win this title, and now it continues. I thought of my family that lives uh, in England, of, you know, they are a black race, and I thought of my friends and family who also live in England, of black race. And as soon as it ended in heartbreak for England, I immediately thought about, oh my goodness, somebody is going to say something about them because the two players that made it were white and the three players that, that did not make it were black. And I was watching the heartbreak at the end and I was heartbroken for my, my 
family and friends that are in England because uh, I really wanted England to win. And shout out to Italy for capturing the title. It is sad at this day, in this day and age, in 2021, do we have to discuss race. These three were targeted online. Uh, a mural, I believe, that was up on one of these players, uh, I can't recall which one, was vandalized with hateful and horrible words that I will not say on this show because they missed a penalty kick at a crucial time. And, and I love the fact that not only the team rallied around these three players, but a community of soccer fans, of not just in England, but also around the world, uh, had, has, has rallied around them. Um, Boris Johnson, uh, who, who spoke about this, um, the prime minister has said in a quote, the England team deserved to be lauded as heroes, not racially abused on social media. Those responsible for this appalling abuse should be ashamed of themselves. And currently they have an investigation going on who vandalized um, uh, the mural of, okay, I found it uh, on cbs.com or npr.org, sorry, npr.org. It was Marcus Rashford. Uh, they vandalized a, a mural that was up there and the brilliant, beautiful community had went up and covered up what was sprayed on there and they put heartfelt messages uh, of support for the three of them, for Rashford, for Sancho and for Saka. And they said, you know, that the game of football, soccer in the United States, but the game of football is, is healing. It, it brings all of us together as fans. It doesn't matter about the background. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what home you come from, that we all are here together and that racism has no place here and that we will not allow racist abuse, racist words, racist actions uh, be taking uh, part of this. And I, and I just absolutely, and I don't know if they'll ever listen to this show or if anybody knows them and they'll ever listen to this show, but to Marcus and to the Ch um, Jadon and to Bakayo, you three are kings and you lift your head high and you know that you have people that are there from where you're from and you have people across the pond here in the United States and those that are listening and, and watching around the world what you three gentlemen have done for your country, for your team, for the sport. Hold your heads high and don't let anybody tell you what you're not and don't let anybody devalue of your talent, uh, your talent and don't let anybody devalue of who you are. You have so many people that applaud you and acknowledge you as heroes. And I believe that England will be back stronger and better than ever. And these three are going to be absolutely phenomenal. So um, thank you to those that have rallied around them and continue to rally around them and to push racism out. And I hope they do find the ones that are responsible for the vandalism and for the hateful words, because it does not have any place and it will not rent. Racism will never, ever, 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 ever win. And from this person speaking to you on this microphone and to every single person that is listening, I thank you for your, your continued support. Uh, let's, let's be kind to one another. Let's love one another. Let's accept people for who they are. 
Um, all of us have faults. We, we have shortcomings. Um, but there's good people out there. And if there's not a good person out there, be that good person. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you listening today on this wonderful episode. Um, and as I always end the show, take care, stay safe, and be kind to one another. And sign up and subscribe, please, on YouTube. I have a YouTube page, Heard That with Marisa. And um, HeardThatWithMarisa.com. Big anniversary month coming up in August. We got some amazing guests that are coming up on the show this month as well as next month. So stay tuned. You definitely want to be in the know. So make sure you sign, shine, uh, shine up. <laughs> Coffee wore up. It wore off, y'all. See, I'm messing up. <laughs> make sure you subscribe and sign up. Heard that with Marisa.com. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know, now you know. All you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that. Look, all you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know, now you know. All you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that. Look, all you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that.